that's also where I got the motto from Real Lives, Real Stories, is why are we creating narratives that are fictional when there's so much to be told still? Hello everyone and welcome to Chai with Rai, a life and culture podcast diving into the mindset and business of being a creative. I'm your host Raya and each week I bring you a guest or a fruitful message from the creative industry all while sipping and spilling some hot chai. Why? Because all good things happen around a hot cup of chai. Now if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible or wherever you are streaming this podcast from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast down below and share it on your stories on social and spread the word. It organically grows the show and connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before and overall as I always say, it just shares the love. Also, if you haven't done so already, you can now become a patron aka a supporter of Chai with Rai by signing up on Patreon for five pounds, or as I love saying it in this accent, five dollars and fifty cents. Each month, your subscription will help support the show, but also get you exclusive BTS footages that is behind the scenes footages and some extra juicy bits. I will put the link for the Patreon channel as well as all the other info in the description of this episode, so make sure to check that out. So, let's get our cuppers ready. PS, let me know what you're sipping on as you listen to this episode, and let's dive into today's episode with some of the cast and crew from Nalini Theatre's recent production of Woman Live Freedom. Oh, Bushra, thank you so much for volunteering. It's <laughs> you're sitting in I the center. You were and... I knew you were going to choose, but fine. That's fine. That's okay. You can do this. It's a, it's a game called Five Second Rule. However, there is maybe one or two questions in there that might take longer than five seconds. So the game is like this. You say three things, you do three things, you sing three things in five seconds. So if I was to be like, what are three things you do before you go to sleep? You will go... I brush my teeth. I brush my teeth. Um... What else do I do? I check my phone. So you brush your teeth twice. <laughs> you check your phone once. I panicked. It's to me. It's fine. It's fine. At least you brush your teeth twice. That's great. <laughs> I would say maybe calm down on that because of plaque and enamel and situations like that. But it's fine. You live your life. At least you have good, healthy teeth. That is true. Okay, so now this no longer is your trial run and this is going to be your actual thing. I love playing this game. It's called Apocalypse, okay? And I've been watching Resident Evil recently, so I think this is even genius. So imagine it's zombie apocalypse, okay? What current skill sets, what current three skill sets do you have which are going to utilize you, okay, as an individual? So you're going to get through the zombie apocalypse and also save humanity. What are your three skill sets in five seconds? Go. I'm also fast. I can box a bit sharp. And um <laughs> what was the last one, sorry? I'm really persuasive. I'm really, really good at just getting people on my side. Why do people say that they want to do mindfuck games with zombies? You're not gonna be able to talk to a zombie. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> All right, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, believe I believe you, you're an actor. Okay, the next section is conspiracy theories. What three conspiracy theories are you actually into and believe? Go. Uh, aliens, UFOs, and... Um... Yeah, that's about uh, Those are the only two I could think of. The others are bullshit, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> this is your last question. You get a five million pound deal on Netflix, okay? Oh. To star in your own show, write your own show. You've created the team. You've got everything together. Fuck the bitches around you. They ain't in the show. You are. No, I'm joking. They might, they're in it because you're a kind person, right? Yes. Yes, I am. She says hesitatingly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a five million pound deal. What are three things you're spending your five million pounds on? Go. Costume, makeup and a writer, a really good writer. Nice. I I meant, I mean, like that all stuff was taken care of. I meant you have five million pounds that you've earned. Oh, let's try that again. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of editing for me, isn't there? All right, go for it. Go. Um, Go on holiday. Um, Yeah. This is pressure to me. You can't do this to me. Well done. Give it up for Tara, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Bushra. Why did I say Tara? Sorry. Well, it's okay. Of... It's Tara. You know what? Uh, speaking of Tara, let's go to Tara then. Oh no. <laughs> you need a trial run or you feel like you're ready to go into it? Oh no, let's go. 
All right, cool. It's yeah. apocalypse. All right, zombie apocalypse. What current three skills to skill sets do you have to save yourselves and humanity? Go. Um, I feel like I'd be good with an axe. I don't know why. Uh, I'm good at cooking, and I'm gonna. Uh, let's let's all repeat this together. She's good with an axe. And what else was it? She's good at cooking. Yeah, I like the fact that there's sign language happening behind. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. What was the third thing? If you were going to bring a third thing to the table, uh, manipulative. Bloody hell, you, you and Bushar. Are dying. <laughs> this is what's happening. You and Bushar are dying together. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Bushra's going to try and negotiate with a zombie. She's going to get bitten, and then she's going to bite you because you're going to try and negotiate with her. And then the <laughs> other three, if y'all also mention negotiation, all three of y'all are also going to be. Zombie. Do the zombie version though. All right, this is your last question. Five million pounds, Netflix deal. What is the money that you're spending it on? Three things. Go. A hot air balloon, a house, um, a motorbike. (laughs) Nice. All right, Addy, do you want a trial run or you're in this? And you're fine. You're fine. Let's do this. Okay, cool. Three skill sets, apocalypse, go. I'll be a zombie first. I can cook. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, explain yourself. I got a machine gun. You're a zombie and you're going to cook. I'm a good actor. But you're a zombie who's going to cook after he becomes a zombie? I don't know, in my own time. Like, didn't, didn't you see like Bill Murray in, uh, what, what's, what was that film? Oh, Jesus. Zombieland. 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 He was perfect. I thought it, that was the best idea you know what you live your best life is what i say to that there's a a play in that that can be produced i'm just saying alicia (laughs) just say just say you want to tell real life stories by real people well this is a real life story by a real person so next 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 play i'm just saying all right three conspiracy theories you're really into go but aliens, uh, ah, uh, uh, shit. <laughs> what conspiracy? What conspiracy theory surrounding shit are you into? <laughs> yeah, did, did you see the new TikTok video? There's this lady who doesn't wipe her bum. Like, yeah, she 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 goes like, oh, I've stopped wiping my bum now, and because like animals don't wipe their bum, so why should I do it? That is weird, right? Yeah, I know. I know, I, even I made that face when Did I was... she like, shower? <laughs> I'm if she showers and cleans it then. Or like she has one of those Asian... Um, she has a lot... Oh, no, 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 she doesn't. She doesn't. She just doesn't touch it. I mean, after after pooping, she doesn't... She prefers not to clean herself up. So she doesn't shower she's, and she doesn't... She's American. Clean. I mean, to just like put it out there. Can you send this in the group WhatsApp? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send it to you. I'm, I'm gonna... actually not joking. Can you please send this? Yeah, <laughs> I will put this in the link in the bio. I was gonna put you I was gonna put your fundraiser. Fuck that shit. Put this in there. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Five million pounds Netflix deal go. Uh gonna buy a Ferrari. That's it. Five million pounds gone. (laughs) (laughs) It's your money. Three things you had to do, but it's your money. It was my life, yeah. So wait, so you spent five million pounds on a single Ferrari. You haven't invested in anything. You haven't bought a house, nothing. You've just bought a Ferrari. I just want to get the logic behind it. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, life is short. I might just die in that Ferrari. You don't know. So might as well just invest in that Ferrari. You live your life. All right, Alicia. Oh, no. go next. (laughs) Also, do people ever say Alicia or do they always say Alicia? All the time. It's actually Alicia. What did I say? Alicia. But I think that was just you giving an so example. It's Addy and it's Alicia. <laughs> yeah. Is it Bushra or is it Bushra? Our teacher just called me Bushra because she was Irish. I don't know. Oh, Irish, oh that's bad. odd. Yeah. All right. Well, Alicia. <laughs> Do you want to try run or you want to go straight into it? No, let's go. Let's go. All right. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse, three skill sets, go. I can laugh at anything. I can talk really (laughs) for a long time. Uh, And I can burp whenever I want. You can what? (laughs) Say that again. And I can burp whenever I want. Explain when all those three skill sets are going to come in handy in a zombie (laughs) apocalypse. Yeah. So a zombie's coming to attack me. I divert them with a burp. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> Another, well, yeah, wow. but it could stink, you know, you never know. Oh so divert God, them. What are you eating? <laughs> Another one comes to attack me. I laugh so loudly, it hurts them. So again, they might die. And then the third one, I can talk. So I'll just talk, talk to That's them about the how their day is going. Yeah. Danush, if you don't come up with better answers, I'm logging out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Where to God? You're the last person. You better have some good answers for this shit. Um, conspir- three conspiracy theories you're really into. Go. Okay. Going to the moon and you can eat cheese. <laughs> Adi's face says it all. I'm really bad with conspiracy theories, to be honest. You're a flat earth, 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 earth. No, not at all. You know, somebody who I just interviewed literally before you guys says that they believe the earth is flat. Oh. Well, you know, everybody needs five million pounds, EO. Go. I'd travel the world, I'd buy a giraffe, and I'd eat all the giraffe. food I can. <laughs> yeah, why a giraffe? I agree. Why a giraffe? Because I love them. And I've always wanted a giraffe for some reason. Thank you. So I don't like dogs and cats because they jump freely and they lick you whenever they want. A giraffe I find really cute. So I take him on little walks. And I just feel like it'd be my best friend. Where where are you putting the leash? Are you putting it on the top of the neck, the middle of the neck, the bottom of the neck, the the down area on the... where? Yeah, where's the leash happening? That's a brilliant question. I would ask professionals to know where's the safest place (laughs) for my baby. I actually want you to get rich now so you can have this giraffe so that we can all see how it either ends up killing you or it ends up being your prized possession. (laughs) Either or. I'm so small, it would probably squash me, wouldn't it? You know what? There's, there's again. There's an, there's a play in there. Real life stories by real life people. That's gonna be. I think that should be the title of this episode: real life stories by real life people. (laughs) (laughs) Danush, give me good shit. All right, good shit. I only want good shit. All right, there you get ready. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Do you need space? Do you need them all to go away from the sofa so you can answer? I know that I'll outdo all of them in front of me. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) They can see me win when I'm in front of them. You got it. You got it. You got it. All right. Do you need a trial run or you want to go straight into it? Let's go straight into it. All right. Zombie apocalypse. Three skill sets you currently possess to save yourself and humanity. Go. Craft making, weather resistant, walking for a long time. Wow. For the time? Now, the inevitable question. Craft making, how does that help us in zombie apocalypse? Are you going to sew us a zom- jumper? or like? Yes, I can sew clothes when all the clothes have turned to dust. I can make tools when all the metal is melted because of the sun. Like, I can do all that. Mm, mm, mm. I have no follow-up questions. Anybody else in the room want to ask a follow-up question? Good answers is what we're getting right now. All right, three conspiracy theories that you're really into and believe. Go. Ancient monuments have things we don't know about them. Social media sends you bad content on purpose. Uh, The social media sends you bad content is a conspiracy theory that you believe in. They send you bad content just so you engage with it more because you hate it. What do you hate that social media sends you? I mean, on Facebook, there's on Facebook, on Facebook, there's a suggested for you post that comes up that from groups I don't even, I'm not even a part of, and Twitter's for you page is just now full of like influencers you can't even track the source of. So, like that's I I want to know specifics. I'm no, I'm pushing, but I want to know specifically what is coming your way. Yeah, I've got an example because I totally agree with you. I 100 agree. Don't jump to help them. They can do it themselves. Come on, Danish. Go. Oh. Okay, so... Show um, us your FYP page. Go. <laughs> the fandoms I hate of the groups that I don't like, their posts come up on my feed. Such as? <laughs> I don't want to say it because like, I don't want their fandoms to attack me. Sorry. It's, it's all right. We'll protect you. If it's <laughs> shit, I swear. You know, you know yeah, um, like, 
Is it Justin Bieber's <laughs> aunt? Like, you know those, you know those new Disney stars that came out of high, the High School Musical TV series and they have all pop careers? Like, their fandoms are boring. I'm sorry. I only know of, like, Zac Efron, Ashley Tisdale, and Vanessa yeah. Hudgens. Like, those are the... Who who are the new High School Musical people? Do you mean, like, like Olivia Rodrigo? She's the, in High School Musical? High School Musical, the musical, the series. Oh, that's you need to get right. with the kids, man. For real? Wow. All right, calm in the room. Calm in the room. Order. Order. Danush, your last question. Five million pounds, Netflix series. What are you spending the five million pounds on? Three things. Go. Travel the world, save sinking islands, and uh, make all the clothes that I want. What is going to die away? Fast fashion. <laughs> No, I want the iron one. No, it's not a mask Yeah, nobody came at you when you wanted to spend it on one single Ferrari, Addy. <laughs> I never said I want to save the world, did I? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Hi. I didn't say I want to save the world. I only want to save Sinking Island. Oh, you want to save Sinking Island. Pacific Island. Yeah, the like... Maldives. No, that's, that's in the Indian Ocean. I'm talking about like, like Polynesian surrounding oh, islands. But like with five millions, you're going to be able to do all those things. Maybe like support them. <laughs> Maybe so, give them five. There is one pound for you. <laughs> you didn't think practically about this, did you? You were, you were just like, oh, I'll be, you know how everybody's like, oh, I'll donate to charity. You were just trying to do a humanitarian. Okay, with like at least a hundred thousand, you could like help, uh, help with f- further communication, and at least maybe you know, like maybe the communication lines take a while to reach, so it can like help strengthen like the internet connection and stuff. Alicia, <laughs> sorry, Alicia. Um, what was Danusha's role again in the in the show? Mm, uh, stage would... production. <laughs> I would reconsider certain things for the going. <laughs> All I would say, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting if you were to put him on a sinking island. With a Ferrari, maybe, and see if you know, see if they Well, thank you so much for playing that. That was really wonderful. I'm in, I'm intrigued to know. Let's start with the company first. What gave? It's not a funny question. It's actually a serious question. I don't know why you're laughing. Unless your company's a joke, is it? It's, oh my it's, you know what it is. It's every time it comes up, and everyone just goes. <laughs> Interested to know how did the yeah how did the company came to be and how you came up with the name, how you came up with the logistics of it, um, how this was the first story that you guys decided to go with because I know you did a lot of devising. So interested in how this came to be. So yeah, those three questions and then I'll ask further one. So we all met, all of us, well, majority actually, except for Addy, met um, during Act Two festivals. So how it started was Tara brought Women Life Freedom to the Act Two. So me and Bushra was cast as sisters. And it was when we finished the Act Two festival that I realised, number one, Women Life Freedom needs to be taken further. But... I've always wanted to start a theatre company and I was telling Tara and Bushra about this actually Mm. that for a long time I thought you know maybe it would be about mental health but we had workshops with that too and they did one about creating your own theatre company and they broke it down in a way that it's a lot simpler than you might think it is so then meeting everyone at Act 2 I was like well there's such a lack of representation for South Asian talent and I've experienced that as myself being a South Asian actor, and I finally met other South Asian creatives. So I went to Tara and Bushra, and I was like, I have this idea, would you be in on starting this? And they were like, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Then I met Danish, also for act two. I was like, cool. So we just brought each other together. And then I said to Tara, I said, could, would it be okay if we put Woman Life Freedom as the first play? Because it's such a powerful one. And I think it would be brilliant as our first one. And then Addy came in when we were casting for Women Life Freedom for Camden Fringe because it was an extended version. And that's how we started, really. So with the devising, that's not we haven't even got to that yet. That's going to be our next step. Because we had Women Life Freedom, we just went straight in, applied for the Camden Fringe, 
didn't expect to get it so quickly. So it was a really quick turnover, really quick. So it was, everything was just boom, let's just go. We have this, let's go. Can I challenge a perception in there, if that's okay? Of course. Before we, so I'm always intrigued with this, which is the, the viewpoint of mm. <clears throat> young or people who are coming into the South Asian data space with companies like Dara, Rifco, like could go on and on. Do you still feel like your voice, is it the fact that your voice is not heard in that specific capacity? Or do you feel like that there are stories that are just not being told? Like, where does that drive come from? Because I don't know why now in this time and day and seeing the work that I think South Asian theatre and theatre at large has done to kind of include a lot of South Asian stories in there. I feel like that there's enough of us in there. It's now just about, I say this all the time, having a seat at the table. That's a very good question because that reminded me of one of the other main reasons I started. As I said, there's not enough South Asian companies out there. The only ones I knew of was Kali Kali Theatre and Tara Theatre. Those are the only ones. And I was like, okay, obviously we're nowhere near as big and I'm not planning to take over. But I felt that I actually tried to get in with Tara Theatre and I asked them, is there a rep company or any way to get involved? So I felt like with these companies, there's not many opportunities to actually get involved with them. So that's why I was like, okay, as young people, let's team up together and let's start something. And with the stories being told, I think that's an interesting thing. I think with Tara's one in particular, I've never heard of an Islamic story being told personally. I don't know if that's due to me not being, what's the word? Exposed, that's yeah, it. Me. Thank you. Yeah. Exposed to those stories. But that was that one. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's there's room for us as young people to tell our side. And as a team, we've got so much. We've got a lot of differences in our specific South Asian cultures. So like Tara, for example, you're... Pakistani Irish. Exactly. You're mixed. And I was born British. You know, we've got different sides of that. So I think that's also where I got the motto from Real Lives, Real Stories, is why are we creating narratives that are fictional when there's so much to be told still. Interested to know your perspective as performers as well as like theatre makers is, do you guys feel, ooh, no, I'm trying to phrase it incorrectly because I feel like the scope of South Asian theatres and South Asian theatre makers is such an interesting space to be sometimes. I've recently tried to create like an archive of South Asian theatre plays that have happened not just in the UK, but across like, India, Bangladesh and like in the US and there's so much in there but there's I have this intergenerational and this cross conversation of with a lot of people some people don't want to be defined as that or some people don't want to be boxed in that and some people want to use it to progress the storyline do you guys have those stories and did you also have that story because I feel like there's a sensitivity around woman life freedom because it does touch on certain things which I feel like across boundaries. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always it's always an interesting question, kind of in terms of who's telling the stories, why we're telling the stories, and also what stories you're allowed to tell in a weird way. You know, obviously, I think it's like very important that the people telling the stories are very well versed and aware of what they're doing, right? But like in terms of woman life freedom, I myself am not Muslim. And it is very much a story about a Muslim family. And that's very inherent to the story. I mean, I grew up with Muslims and I grew up with my mum's side of the family is Muslim. But I think, you know, I think it's really interesting. Anyone South Asian or whatever background you're from, I think it's difficult. I think it's a very difficult line where you want people, you want South Asian stories to be told by South Asian people because we have a whole history of it not being told by South Asian people and seeing where it fails, right? But also... If that's the thing, you know, I've 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 got a history of TV, right, where we're trying to touch different rights to different things, and it is a it is a in in that kind of sense, it is a factor of oh, we've got a South Asian story, great, let's get this South Asian writer, which is brilliant, but it also means that writer won't be put on I don't know like Downton Abbey, you know, <laughs> like and it you know I I personally wouldn't mind writing for Downton Abbey, <laughs> so it's you know it's kind of I I think it's important to keep these discussions open about that and you know I I mean I personally like even even discussions we're having with women like freedom we all come from completely different backgrounds you know salvation is not one thing and we all had very different opinions politically about the play and I think it made the play so much better 
by having these open discussions and, you know, people thinking, oh, my character might think this or, you know, me as a person might think this, might be slightly differently. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that is what I was quite happy with about the whole process of it. Mm. I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> no, it does. What about y'all uh, in terms of like performers and Danush, in terms of like production and stage design, I do feel like there's a, I, I feel like there is where it, there's definitely a lack of South Asian people. Because I feel like you see an influx of like directors all the time, but when it comes to like producers, set designers, stage managers and things like that, they're so, and I know you perform as well. And I I feel like you, I, from the brief conversation, I feel like there's a writer in you. I don't know if you're right, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I What about y'all on that perspective? Firstly, there's in production and assisting with production, there's a lot of administrative work that goes into it and a lot of emotional support work that goes into it one aspect of it is that you need to be able you need to have emotional intelligence to be able to interact with a lot of people and there can be a lot of benefit in diversity and people coming from different backgrounds where if you have that sensitivity to people's backgrounds or an ability to understand people from diverse backgrounds and experiences that you can be able to emotionally support them better as a production continues. And so for those reasons, if there's greater diversity in, for example, production work, backstage work, then it can also mean personally it can support performers or directors who come from diverse backgrounds. Bushra and then... I think for me personally, I always, always want to tell South Asian stories because from my acting training background, it's always like a white professor or a black professor telling me what to do. And I don't resonate with those stories at all. Can I ask something on that, if that's okay? How do you, how do you? (laughs) 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 Sorry, I'm like having a coughing fit. Interested to know, I remember I did that when I was, who went to Central here? Was it Alicia? Adi? I am always so intrigued with this going through drama school as well. Like the plays that you end up doing are never, ever, I don't know. They're not like, I don't know. Even if you're doing Shakespeare, right? It's not like Hamlet or like Macbeth or Twelfth Night or all of these things have like different things in it. And I'm always interested in now being conscious of this, the the sensitivity and POCs and things like that and sexuality and gender. How do we play into those roles? How do we set our minds aside to be like, okay, Mother Courage and her children or like all of these Brechtian and Stavenlust, like all of these plays have like such a one dimensional thing that they were written for, but we're adapting it on our bodies. How the fuck do we do that? Does that thought ever come into your head? Did you ever have that, Bushra? And then Addy as well? Always. Always. Like, um, what play was it? I think it was Othello. And when I first read Othello, it was just like, it was aimed to white actors. And they, <laughs> apparently in the past, for the black characters, they used to do blackface. And I'm like, that's, that's horrendous. <laughs> that's so horrendous. So yeah, in answer to your question, I've lost my thought. Fucking hell. <laughs> Ari, do you want to take it over and then maybe that? Oh, yeah, so, uh, firstly, I'm going to start with you. You mentioned that, oh, we got to see seat at the table. Like, as South Asian creatives, we got to seat at the table. It's not just about having a seat at the table. It's about, like, having your voice heard unfiltered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just, oh, oh, it's, it sounds very pleasing to the white, white audience. You started the conversation mentioning, oh, there is this person who got commissioned by National Theatre. That shouldn't be the case. Like, she should be absolutely free to say whatever she wants to say. And I mean, it, that's the truth, right? And I think we should have that voice and be able to have those opinions and be honest about it. That's what I think. And yeah, coming back to the, uh, yeah, as a, as, a, as a performer, I mean, I went to Central, right? I went to Central, Central and I did two productions. Like uh, I did uh, The Tempest and I played Caliban. Like obviously. Same! Oh, I fucking love Caliban. Do you know? <laughs> Sorry, I only say that because I watched the Helen Mirren Cal- uh, Caliban and it's like the film version is so much different. And it's yeah. my goal to play Caliban at um, the RS with the RSC. Sorry. With the RSC. I mean, that's, that's exciting. I mean, I, I love Caliban's character. Caliban is fantastic, I thought. 
But the, the thing is, like, in, when it comes to casting, that, oh, I'm just a brown skin actor. So, oh, the brown skin actor should be playing Caliban. You know what I mean? And it just doesn't feel right at the end of the day. And I'm like, oh, wh- wh- why can't I play Prospero? I mean, is mm. it, I, I, I can't do Prospero. Or what, what's, what's it like? Like, oh, the white characters will pro- play Prospero or maybe some, I mean, I don't know. Just, yeah, just just was a thought at drama school. And also I would like to mention uh, that I, I also be also did Blood Wedding and I was playing one of the woodcutters. Throughout drama school, I would I would say that I always played low status characters rather than high status characters, which was pretty interesting at, at my like for for me as as a performer. So I was like, oh, am I always be gonna play like low status characters in this world? Is is that what my like I don't know what what's that what's that term like. Uh, uh, when, you, when you fit in a box right oh this is this is the box for you and I, I remember when we had that showcase I was told that oh you know what Adi you are more like oh Martin's Martin Freeman's character you're very friendly friends you're always going to be NHS doctor or maybe like a corner shop person I'm like yes that's that's true I mean yes you, you might as well say terrorist you know what I mean like yeah <laughs> and uh I don't know, it just, uh, it just feels weird. And I think we are still like quite far away from that ideal world where I could just be like, oh, you know what? I want to play, um, I, I don't know. I want to play uh, Stanley in Steve Streetcarning Desire. Or I'm, I'm going to be the lead in whatever I want to do. And I, I want to be Hamlet <laughs> <laughs> at the RSC. <laughs> I don't want to be Pie Patel on my life. <laughs> I feel you, I feel interested to know this question which is having done the play did everybody do the play at the festival as well as the fringe or did some people just do it for fringe rather than just the fringe all right so then i'll phrase this question just as this which is what was a joyful experience about the entirety of the thing what was a challenging thing about the entirety of the thing of the experience and if you were to go back today what knowledge or like experience of today would you bring back to that role whether it is in that specific character or like as a director or a writer or stage who wants to kick us off Bursha you're always so quiet go for it uh a joyful experience from woman life freedom I guess meeting Alicia and Tara obviously come on come on come on and also no we're the OGs man come on (laughs) I guess having that platform to tell especially a British Pakistani story like you rarely see a play to do with a British Pakistani family and me personally I'm from a British Pakistani background so it was it was really refreshing Something that was challenging was the run. It was so short. It would have been so nice to have like a longer run, but unfortunately that was impossible. Impossible? That's good. Anyways, and if I could go back and play the characters again, I honestly wouldn't change anything about it. Honestly, I wouldn't change anything. Dara! Me? Um, (laughs) I think it was was really joyful uh, to be able to work on something with a group of people that I think really genuinely cares about what we were doing. You know, like, I mean, I, I have acting friends who have to do plays they absolutely hated and they thought it was trash, which I'm not saying they didn't think it was trash, but they at least, I think, um, resonated with what the story was trying to do. <laughs> um, and I think that really showed in everyone's dedication and performances. A thing I found difficult, I think I learned a lot through it, this whole process. I very much I'm a people pleaser and I don't like when people don't like things (laughs) so I think what I learned was with especially with something like this you're not going to please everyone you know it's either going to be um not going far enough uh with a certain message or it's going too far with a certain message you know and I think it was really interesting to be able to talk as a group with it and then also see people's reactions to it and I thought I'd be nervous you know showing it to my family thinking what what the hell are they going to think? Are they going to hate it? But really, I think I loved it. I loved being able to see people's opinions and, oh, this could be like this, this could be like that. And it, it, it gave me so much excitement that it was causing debate. Um, and I think that's kind of what I inevitably wanted. What I'd change, all the actors. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, same with Bershaw, I wouldn't change anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't change anything. How about change? Let's let's change it to develop. Ooh. 
best longer play. Yeah, just longer. I think I think is is it's like an interval in the play, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was a. It's a short play. It's thirty eight pages. I read it. It's thirty nine pages. I read it within like half an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's what we would do because I definitely cut a lot to try and fit it within forty, and it. I think it could have. There's a lot of ideas that go on in a very short time, so giving it more space to breathe, I think, would have really helped it. But I think that's a good thing for fringe. I always say this to people who do fringe culture. I think you have to take into account scale. Scale mm-hmm. really has to come into like play for it. And you have to leave them wanting more because for fringe, you want to be able to develop it. And you rather have something clean than everything just thrown at people. And I think you see that in fringe as well. And you see that a lot in one man shows. So I think it's a good thing that you kept it concise like when I left reading the play I was like it was clean it was clean it was cut and it was edited I would have liked more development but I feel like for fringe it was clean it was cut nice thank you so much what a compliment (laughs) go Alicia and then sorry I'm doing random people oh okay okay there's no order I do apologize, Addy, unless you want to go next and you've got a burning, burning desire. Oh, okay. God, there were so many moments, but I think there was a specific moment for me and it was near the end of our run where something just snapped in all of us. And it was literally our last night, our last show. And the dress run was chaotic. <laughs> We were all like, the the motivation was down. There was the most negative energy we've had in months. Like everyone was mad at each other, but I don't know what happened. I was mad. But what clicked in our characters, it was sparks were flying. Like I'm not being overdramatic in saying that. And I think that was just really nice to experience. Sorry, I had a moment just thinking about it. Huh? What's the next one? The challenging? Yeah. The most challenging I'd say was get finding time for rehearsals realistically where this was fringe we're on a short time scale everyone has jobs everyone has commitments um so it was meeting up to get us to rehearse getting us into one room Mm -hmm. that was challenging and if I was to go back and change develop develop (laughs) there's two sides because it's actor and then with the I'd say managing everyone getting together that would be one thing and letting us kind of build together before we jump into it obviously we had a short time frame but it would have been nice to kind of just meet up and have more relaxed chats before we just went boom straight into it Mm. and as the actor I personally would have liked to do I like to method act but the way I method act is kind of by using music and little um aspects here and there to kind of get into character so I would have liked to do more research and everyday kind of listening to music to get into her character as a mirror Addy and then Danush yeah I think the entire experience was pretty joyous and definitely everyone in the group was fantastic and I think which uh I truly when I when I read the play I think um Alicia messaged me on Instagram saying that would you be interested in this play and she sent me a script and I was like yes this is an interesting one I would definitely give it a read I read the script I was like you know what let's do this like I would definitely be on board and I like the story and I want the story to be told in this in this current time and it's the perfect time to tell the story so I thought this is great and it's wonderfully written I told Tara that multiple times and I just felt really honored to be part of this group and these wonderful bunch of people and uh, felt special so and uh, what I the challenges that I felt again Alicia mentioned like rehearsal times I definitely I'm, I'm a person who loves rehearsing um, I went to I went to drama school I would like like I need five, six weeks of rehearsals. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I feel that we could have just done good, like could have done with more rehearsal times and like getting to know each other a bit more before we dived into the actual performance. And I think we needed more runs before we performed on the first night. I felt like first night uh, was big. I don't know, just I was, I was very nervous on the first night. And I think I always treat, as an actor, I treat first the first two nights as uh, very experimental. 
am always like trying to figure things out. I'm trying to figure the stage. I'm trying to figure the audience because what is, what is this line going to do? What what it creates an impact? Like I've been rehearsing with Alicia. That's totally fine. I mean, we get we get the idea. But uh, when I say those lines in front of the audience, it's going to be absolutely different. So yeah, first two nights were like completely. They were like our experimenting. Is completely experimental. And I think on the third night, we really enjoyed it. Everyone was on board. Everyone was like playing it like a tennis match. It was, oh, it was joyous. And I felt uh, we were all alive on stage together and on stage, off stage, everyone. Like, I mean, I get it that we all were really stressed because I, I came in because I wasn't present for the tech run because I had a job uh, that morning. I came in and I saw that, oh, my God, everyone's like so tensed and oh, what is going on? What, what is this tension in the room? And I was like, oh, my God, what is, what is happening? Like, can someone talk to me at least? <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're like, I'm, I'm like, oh, come on, guys, it's fine. I'm trying to be, like, get so it done. You that um, guy and these guys were just like, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> 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 but yeah i think the final night was fantastic and uh, i just wish that we had more runs at theater of technics oh it's such a beautiful space i mm. loved performing in that space and uh, the audience was beautiful that night i don't know it was just it was brilliant i really really admire that performance yeah and one thing that i would de develop is uh, but yeah, longer play would be great and longer run. And yeah, if everyone would have been paid, I mean, if you can get like that is an important factor, as in because when you when you, when you are in the industry and it's just like, oh my god, I need to get paid for my work, you know what I mean? And uh, it's just so challenging sometimes. And as as artists, and uh, you just you just need to be you just need to be like oh I'm worthy if I'm if I'm giving my time and my um like whatever craft that I'm bringing onto the table and with the group and just sometimes we feel as in every artist every performer or like creative feels that oh we should be given something and I know like we were not in that stage to be able to help us financially and hopefully in the future we can get it like or fingers crossed we can get the money give me the money <laughs> i think i think there should be so much more opportunity than to french um financially yeah because that's a lot of pressure on young people and the emerging theater makers who just want to do it i feel like there should be uh, yeah that's yeah. a lot there's a lot of pressure on you alicia like literally unless you're, yeah, that's unless why, that's you're... Why we're just like building the team in like yeah, segments. No, I can only understand that. Like, there's there's immense pressure in that, and like, you want to be able to pay people, but I think like that is yeah, that's just yeah. Danush, um, I love <laughs> how every time you have to come for an answer, you do this, <laughs> and you come forward at <laughs> testing, testing. So one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a positive would definitely be everyone was really giving and inviting and because of that the rehearsals were just really enjoyable because everyone just really spent time to just be in a pleasant mood and give energy that everyone could feel as if they can do this rehearsal and rehearsals would fly by not just even though they might be like one or two hours long even though that might seem short like it felt even shorter because it was just really fun something that I didn't necessarily like is working with production and stuff like there's a lot of applications that we were trying to fill out and it's like when you fill out applications you're not necessarily getting that much feedback or then you're creating all this copy for applications and then you put you spend like three hours writing the copy and then there's like no feedback or like there's no support <laughs> and then it's like in our fringe like we had a whole group of actors we even had like a director and assistant director and we had a tech person we had all these people involved and even though we had all these amazing people who were committed like they're still in order to gain like additional support you have to put in applications that you need to tailor to each application provider I even remember with like one rehearsal space, like they were kind of like advertisers, like, oh, we can access, this is for like emerging creatives. But then I'd sent emails to both of those 
uh, to both of the emails in the rehearsal space and like there was no response like at all mm-hmm. and it's like um <laughs> it's very difficult even though there's all this commitment that's been there like how much more can you demonstrate how much more commitment can you demonstrate so that's something <laughs> hopefully anyway um and something to develop would i would definitely really like um more audiences to watch it specifically more audiences that were represented in the play but also like marketing to different audiences can pose its own difficulties like how if you just put a billboard on sometimes they need persuasion from other other sources and accessing those other sources can be difficult as well um no i i really was intrigued to, to uh, like i really wanted to dive into like how much safeguarding was done into it or there was no safeguarding because there was a bloody much no time because you really have to dive into it and i i'm always intrigued by this question so i do have to ask it to dara and alicia which is whenever i have interviewed for like ad's or like com- being commissioned talking about like commission things like that everybody asks this question which is why this project why now why you so i'm interested to know why this project why not and why you from your perspective because i have my personal opinions on it but yeah i'm intrigued to know yours i mean in terms of writing it like i i initially wrote it back in uh december 2022 which was obviously very much in the height of all the iranian protests going on but i think it was really interesting to then perform it well i didn't perform it but for it to be performed like a, almost a year later, and you know, we're even saying like a couple of days ago, it was like a year since Masa Mani was killed. Yeah, I think that I think it was important to put it on when we did because it is a thing where these protests happen. You see it all around the world, like when the Hong Kong protests happens, it's huge in the news for like two months, and then people forget anything that was happening. And I think it was important to me to keep that story alive and those ideas alive because it is so easy to forget about because when there is no quick fix to a problem, it's out of the news, you know, oh, this bad stuff is happening. Oh, I can't do anything about it. You know, whereas it's like, no, I think it's important to keep talking about it and talk about as well with this play specifically, why it can affect people who are not directly affected. You know, like this is not a play about the Iranian situation. This is a play about a Pakistani British family, you know, Um, it's just about what, what, what the protests brought up within an individual person but also us as as a collective you know what what it means when you see your people whatever that means to you completely on the other side of the world going through something you know and Mm -hmm. and yeah I don't know it felt it felt interesting writing it during and then performing it after um I think very different to me can I ask a question to the room because for me, I understood the parameters around the story, but I still felt, and this is what I said in the start, like the development of it, I I wasn't, I don't know why, I wasn't sufficed with the answer if we're asking of why she takes off her hijab. Do you feel like y'all got your own answers or you're meant to feel like you're not sufficed? Because mm. I was like, We've had conversations, we've had these chunky scenes, we've had conversations between the dad, the sister, like the, um, the who is he, the dean of the, what, what is Yeah, the head teacher, yeah. Head teacher, sorry, why am I saying dean? Bloody hell. <laughs> like we've had these, these um, like chunky moments and we've had like her inner sort of thing come out at the end as well with the poem, but I feel like there's still a, like other than the initial scene where the football happens and then change i don't know if i was i was like satisfied with the answer oh if i want to add something i would say that even in real life when you're interacting with people you might not always know why they've made the decisions that they've made and so i feel that this play because it's such a representation of what a real life conversation is meant to look like i feel that even for the audience they had to kind of treat it as imagine if someone that they knew in real life made a decision, they're not necessarily going to know every single facet and they don't necessarily need to know every single facet. It's just how are they going to react? Are they going to react in a supportive manner or in a more critical manner? And this is an exploration of how a supportive manner or a critical manner can mean something to a person who makes a decision. Mm. Spoken like a producer. 
(laughs) (laughs) We actually had this conversation because I'm quite biased because I played Mira. And I, I very much relate to her as like, I'm a woman. It's my choices. I don't need to explain myself to anyone. You know, that sassy side. But I think it was Yusuf, actually, who challenged that and said, and Addy, I think it was just most of you guys was just saying that she's a Muslim and she's worn the hijab her whole life. How can she be so defensive? Like, surely she should expect people to to question her. Because yesterday she was wearing a hijab Next day, she's come out, come to school, you know, she's seen without one. And she's trying to act like everything's okay, everything's normal. It's naive. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I feel like there's something more in there. It's not just about the hijab. That's why I'm saying, like, I have my personal opinions about it, because it's no longer just about that. There's other things in there. I agree. I agree. What, what I was going to say, I was curious what other people thought before I said. But um, I think it's really interesting that you brought that up, because I don't think many people have said that. I think a lot of people have felt it, if that makes sense, you know, because I do think you come, you are a bit confused because it's, I think you instantly see it and you're like, okay, yes, I support her, but wait a sec, why, you know, like why now, why exactly at this moment, you know, and I think that in my mind, I'm not sure if I wrote this with this intention, I don't think she fully knows or understands why, you know, I think sometimes when you make these decisions, there is a lot more underneath it, like you were saying, you know, is is the decision made does it affect her relationship with islam she says it doesn't i think possibly it does you know i think possibly there's questions and stuff going on in her mind you know is it you know just because she's seen these protests happening is it something she's been thinking about for a long time uh, i i've never had it in my family where someone's taken it off but i've had plenty of people in my family put it on you know recently and that's not a decision that happens overnight, you know, like my, my aunt put it on and she said, oh, I went to Hajj, so I put it on. I'm like, yes, true, but there's more to it. I think for me, I don't think Mira knows. I think that's what makes the conversation so frustrating that she's happening, that are happening, because people keep asking why. And she's like, oh, because I want to. It's none of your business. But I think I think she doesn't fully, she she is not fully constructing that yet, you know. Mm. I think anyway, yeah, like you were saying with Yusuf, what Yusuf is saying, I think it's, interesting to see whatever she does is obviously people are going to have something to say have an opinion because firstly you know obviously there is a lot especially in the South Asian community about like what people think and what it will look like and stuff and that's a huge pressure but there's also an aspect of it's her dad it's her sister it's her husband they are actually worried about her they are curious why have you done something you know and it's obviously tonally said in an accusatory way but I also think underneath there is what is happening you know I'm they're, they're genuinely curious and I, I hope it comes across as not in the wrong they're questioning I, I disagree with them but I think the act of their questioning isn't hard to understand you know I think you can empathize hopefully with the all right we gotta get we gotta you know what we only got time for one game Another game. Another game. He's gonna roast us again. (laughs) Do we have time for? We gotta play two games. All right, two games. Give me two people that are gonna come to the camera. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna scroll through the script. You're gonna tell me to stop, and then when I stop, I'm gonna give you some intentions, and you have to read it as that. Does that make sense? Ooh, this so it's going to be the same script and it might be a sensitive space, but I might be like you're drunk in a toilet and you're two Irish girls. Go. Oh, and you have to read it as two drunk Irish girls <laughs> in a toilet. <laughs> All right. So since Alicia and Tara are near the computer, y'all get to go first. All right. I'm going to start. I'm going to start scrolling. You tell me when to stop. As a group? Okay. Stop. Stop. Tara, you're going to be Mira. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And Alicia, you're going to be Zayn. Okay. You have to read this as Valley Girls. Okay. Oh Valley God. Girls in space scene. Let's take it from after everything. Go. After everything I went through with my parents? I don't get why you didn't think I'd be understanding when you told me. Well, I mean, you weren't. Oh, I'm Mira. I'm meant to act when it's sprung off of me in front of everyone. Did you think that would go? Like, did, give me a break here. 
I'm trying to balance the role of supporting husband while trying not to look like I'm a corrupting influence to your dad and also worrying about your poor sister who looked like she was about to have a panic attack the whole night. And scene. Well done. Next two people. Let's Addy and Bush. Tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. 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 Oh, oh, it's too chunky. It's too oh, chunky oh, monologues oh, of Sophia oh, and Mira. Oh, my God. Yeah, nice. Cool. You play, uh, Bushra's playing Mira, and Sophia is being played by Ari. And these are the things that you have to convey to me. You guys are Polish rappers in the Bahamas, and you're hungry. Polish rappers, yeah. Polish rappers. And you're in the Bahamas. It's hot as hell. And you're hungry. Like hungry. Okay? In five, do your best Polish yeah. accent. Best Polish that's, accent. That's sweet. Okay, fine. If it, if it can be Sweden, it's fine by me. Uh, and, uh, I think I can, yeah? I know. <laughs> wow. I'm Polish. Somewhere out there. Let's do Swedish. Somewhere out there, people are going to kill you. It would be the same as if I was to Oh go my god, I'm gonna get blacklisted, yeah? <laughs> All right, four, three, two, go. And I know I was a bit, bit, uh, a bit of a brat, but around that that age, sorry again about that. But then you were wearing that hijab inspired me to start wearing it too and get too closer to God and to my family at time when I feel like I needed that structure, that community. So seeing it today, walking with it, without it, I know it's silly. And I don't mean this is on a way to make you feel bad because I really do understand your decision. But I like, but like I just felt betrayed, you know, like you put me on this path and now suddenly the floor is gone. Thrown under me. <laughs> You know what? Let's pause there. I'm, I'm bad. Mira, you go. Go. Take over, Mira. Ah, Sophia. You know, I could never judge you. There is no way in this world that could make me any powder. But I do get feeling betrayed. <laughs> Stop. My it's just that although I, I, I thought I chose to put it on, can that ever be a choice? Like, I can tell you what I think my reasons were, but how could I ever tell you if I was doing that because I thought it would make the hijabi girls like me? Or maybe it was the pressures of having to show the relatives that even without mum, we were still whole. Like, we didn't need to hear input or the right Oh my God. I, I just, I just want to say, I just want to say the following. There was no Polish. There was no Swiss. There was Irish. It was Jamaican. It was French. It was, there was no rappers. We were not in the Bahamas and we were not hungry. That's all I want to say. Well done. You know what? I, I feel like that was a good game. I don't feel like we need to do any more games. That's I so I won't. I will end with my final uh, two questions, which I do with every single person, which is everybody loves a rant. You love a rant. I love a rant. The next door people love a rant. You get to rant for 30 seconds. However, you must start or end your rant with what the chai. Okay, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. State your name before you do it. Who wants to go first? Oh, Alicia, you look so excited. Oh, Alicia, this is your rant. Go on. This is your what the chai go. What the chai? Teenagers swearing in school and acting like they're bad. They think they know it. They know it all. And I get they're just kids. But for once, please understand, I'm a human too. I'm just trying to help you. All I want is for them to do their best. But the minute they're rude to me, I want to fight with them. I'm done being a professional, and I get angry, and they make me upset. So where is the well-being for me to? What the chai? What the chai? <laughs> Danush, you're next. In four, three, two, Danush, go. What the chai? Why are grocery prices skyrocketing out of the world? I can't even afford yellow sticker food. Like, why is a three-pound pizza reduced to two pounds? And I want dessert sometimes. Why is a trifle that I can make for 5p being sold for 1p normally and the yellow sticker is 60p? 
I just want to enjoy some strawberry trifle, like grocery stores. Get your act together. What the chai? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bushra, go. Four, three. Oh, sorry. What the hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> three, two, one, go. What the chai? So the other day, right, I'm on my way to meet a friend. I'm on the bus. The bus is running slow. The bus is running so slow that there's a cyclist at the front doing Tour de France. <laughs> My man's taking his time in the bus lane. Go on the fucking plane. I don't care if it's illegal or what place is going. You will just see. Like, and the bus driver, don't even get me started on the bus driver. You are doing a 10 and a 20. A 10 Five and a seconds. 20. What the chime? <laughs> Ari, you're next. In three, two, one, go. Okay, what the chai? I mean, why is the central line so hot? Like, tell me, why is it so hot? Like, every single time I step on it, I'm like, I'm in an oven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die today. I'm gonna be meat. I'm gonna be a piece of meat. Yes, I'm a good piece of meat, right? So, <laughs> and, and, and it, like, it's horrible. And can't they do have, can't they put like some air cons in it? Like, or maybe do something about it? And it's terrible. And, and the people, the people look fine. They're like having their normal lives. What the chai? <laughs> Tara, what the chai in three, two, one, go. What the chai is up with people who don't like chai? Invite these people into my home. These lovely ladies have a chai. These two men, nothing. It's rude. You need to just drink. You just need to drink it, whether you like it or not. It's the biggest drink in the world for a reason. You can't just not like tea. You, 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 you. Your ancestors are angry. I am angry. Just bloody drink it. Like, Five seconds. That was so good. <laughs> Your ancestors are angry. <laughs> Title of the episode, Your Ancestors Are Angry. Screw real life stories by real life people. Your ancestors are angry. <laughs> That's going to be the title of the episode. My last question to each of you is, I'm obsessed with joyfulness. What is one thing that makes you feel joyful that you do for yourself? And what is one thing you do for others that makes them feel joyful? Let's go the other way around. So let's do Tara, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. 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 Bashra, Danush, and then Alessia. Alessia. Uh, one thing I do that's joyful for me is watch too much TV. I just love it too much and it just makes me happy. Uh, one thing I do that's joyful for others, oh, I'm sorry, I have to say, I make people tea. It's just a cup of joy, whether you like it or not. From my ancestors to yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one thing that I do for myself, I go to the cinema and the theatre quite often and I think I just consume a lot of content and it can be unhealthy <laughs> the, the rate at which i go to the cinema is quite unhealthy trust me <laughs> and one thing that i do for the community which i don't like is that i'm a kids party entertainer on the weekend so i'm spider-man and entertaining kids i think i bring joy in people's lives and some adults have come to me and they were like oh addy do you do adult parties as well i was like yes absolutely i can do some adult parties what sort of adult parties would you like <laughs> don't do them i have done them they're not they don't end good i used to be a child entertainer oh my they're not they they're sex parties is what they are <laughs> But you do, and you know, you do have lovely stories, and sometimes you end up getting great clients out of it as well. <laughs> Busher. One thing that's joyful that I do for myself is skincare. Snap on like a face mask and binge watch Netflix. Love that. What I do for others, um, especially if any of my girls are feeling really sad during their period, I just overeat them like dinner sometimes. That's what I do. That's what I do sometimes. Very cute. That's something really awesome. Yeah. Thank uh, you, guys. That is actually really thoughtful. Yeah, that's really nice. Because they yeah. say to me, it's really nice. We just do what, it once in a while. What do you do for the fellas? <laughs> Nothing. 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 <laughs> All right, go. One thing that I do joyful for me is I can um cook food and like try new ingredients. So I experiment that way sometimes. And then one thing that I do joyful for others is um some uh I can like bake cake so like I bake mango cake and so that's something that um depending on the occasion I I can like make bake mango cake for people around that's a lie all right Alicia 
I don't know why I found this question so hard. Um, something joyful that I do for myself would take a day out. Mm-hmm. So if I want to do things, not rely on other people when I'm practicing doing that and just have a little day out with myself and I feel refreshed and I feel mm. good when I do that. Something joyful I do for other people. You said joyful, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently nothing. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really am. Say make them laugh. <laughs> Well, everyone, that brings us to the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you never miss out. And don't forget to rate and comment on whichever platform you're listening this episode on. You can also become a patron and a supporter of the show by subscribing for as small as £5 or as I love saying $5.50 on Patreon. I will put the information of the artist on the episode and any of the links in the description of this episode. So make sure to check that out. But as of now, I will leave you as I always do. Breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Now must go, which means now I must go. That is copyrighted and I will sue. (laughs) Until next time, stay curious.